Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here on this Monday, President's Day. Happy President's Day, everybody. <coughs> Excuse me. And joining us, on, not online, I was just going to say joining us online. That was Adam Roof. <laughs> Tina Zook is with us in person here in studio. And Tina is the Government Affairs Director for the American Heart Association. Good morning, Tina. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So uh, talk to us a little bit. We're going to get into a bill that's in front of the legislature right now that's a big issue. But first talk to us about the American Heart Association, uh, what your job entails, and this is a big anniversary this year. It is. It's our 100th anniversary. So it's our centennial year, all year long. And we've been working for 100 years to make people have healthier, longer lives. And we hope to continue that another 100 years and another 100 years. And so um, it's a big deal. There's, there's a lot that's happened. We started with six doctors in New York City who decided it would be a good idea to found an organization to prevent heart disease and strokes. So not just heart disease, but we work on stroke as well. And we're still here, and we're doing great things. CPR, defibrillators have all been created during that stent. Uh, we realized the harms of smoking during that period. We're still fighting, unfortunately, that fight today. Um, but it's a great organization, and it's also Heart Month. And yeah. um, we encourage everybody all year round, but especially during Heart Month, to learn CPR because you never know when you need it, and it might be a loved one who needs it. And you mentioned a number of things there in regard to where where we've come in the 100 years, but what else, are there other advances that we made in terms of recognizing how um, signs of heart disease, that type of thing that maybe people didn't know decades ago that do now, the, some of the warning signs that well, they really need to, yeah, so that we don't the, have as, I think we probably don't have as many sudden heart attacks uh, that are fatal as we used to, but obviously they still happen. Yeah. Well, over time, one of the things we've realized that's been really important is women in heart disease because everyone used to think of it as an old person's disease or a man's disease, and it's not. Uh, women women get it, and sometimes their symptoms of heart attack may be just a little bit different. You know, people have heard of the, the pressure in the chest, the squeezing pain, the arm pain, the jaw pain, the feeling nausea, nauseous. And with women, sometimes it's a little bit different. It might be sweating and uh, nauseous. Um, not as uh, tremendous, I guess, signs as men, um, but we also warn about, you know, stroke warning signs as well, you know, numbness, um, difficulty to speak, um, those kinds of things. And so um, I think people, there is a wealth of information on our website. It's one of the easiest websites to remember in the world. It's just heart.org, and you can find all kinds of stuff there from the warning signs for heart attack and stroke to symptoms to healthy tips, recipes, you name it, um, heart month um, information. And also, you know, I would, I would urge everyone to go there to um, learn more about taking CPR. But over time, one of the things we've discovered um, in terms of change in science is with CPR. We now have what's called hands-only CPR, and I can teach you it right now. Push hard and fast in the center of the chest. Call 911 first. Uh, rescue breaths aren't part of hands-only CPR. You have a really good chance of surviving, and it's super important because you need to get that heart pumping and get a defibrillator to the scene when somebody has a cardiac arrest within 10 minutes because for every chance of um, every minute that passes really your chance of dying increases by 10 percent so the um the 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 hands only i think you know when you think about cpr and uh, learned it years ago in college uh, 
Um, but uh, the idea is it, it's you had to breathe and then you had to chest compressions yeah. and you had to breathe. And so really the the new kind of philosophy is get the heart moving, keep the heart moving the blood by the chest yeah. compressions. Yeah. The air is important, but not as, as important as just keeping the heart pumping the blood. Right. And there's certain, certain situations, obviously, where the rescue breaths are important, drowning, electrocution and stuff like that. But oh, sure. everything you can do to help. And, you know, one of the things we talked about with like women and heart disease, too, the CPR is performed on them less often. And some of it has to do with people being kind of embarrassed yeah, for where you're pumping. And, yeah. But you know what? They'd rather be alive. So. Right. So do it. Yeah. I, I just remember the first time we did the training, you know, they had the Resusa Annie dolls. Yeah. And those were all because of the Heart Association, yeah. you know, and and we're, we're uh, we've grew up with all of that. Uh, and I, I just think it's a great organization. Just a phenomenal I do organization. Too. I do, too. What are some of the things that people should avoid or, or should do to help avoid heart disease? Well, because I'm the government relations director, you know, I'm going to talk about this one, but smoking and tobacco use is the single most preventable cause of death and disease. So right there, you know, don't smoke, don't vape, don't start. It's really hard to quit when you do start either one of those smoking or vaping. Um, nicotine gets you addicted quickly and, um, and it has a really huge impact on your heart and also on stroke. You have a much greater risk of stroke and now even dementia dementia and Alzheimer's because of the nicotine and tobacco products. So really just, if you can, just don't, don't even start. That's one of them. Overeating, you know, eat healthy. Um, we had what was called Life Simple 7. So is these seven steps you could take to be healthy. And now it's called Life's Essential 8 because we just added sleep on there. So getting rest is important too, as well as, you know, eating and um, eating well and exercising and knowing your blood pressure and your cholesterol and those kinds of things. So not getting a good night's sleep is detrimental. To detrimental. Them. Oh, boy. I know. <laughs> I'm in and trouble. What time do you guys get up? Well, I get up at <laughs> 4 o'clock, and I don't always get a good night's sleep. Yeah. So. Yep. Well, we're going How about to stress? Stress plays a big role as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that's why exercise can be important, too, because it helps to eliminate some of that stress, right? You're mad at the, at the office or whoever, and just go for a run. Mm-hmm. Go for a walk. Walking is just as good for you. It doesn't have to be over the top. That's important. All right. Well, we're talking with Tina Zook from the American Heart Association. We're going to take a quick break. The McKenzie Country Classic Hotline is open. If you've got a question, you want to join the conversation. Be approved. You're listening to The Morning Drive with Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620 WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Happy President's Day. And if you have, we have Tina Zook with us. She is the Government Affairs Director for the American Heart Association. It's the 100th anniversary of the American Heart Association. If you've got a question about heart disease or anything related to that, and you want to ask Tina a question, give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888-414-0303. Tina, we'll get into the, uh, the bill that we're going to we're supposed to talk about but first i want to ask you about uh how about the flavored tobacco and flavored uh vaping we've had a couple guests on who say who said it was a it's a bad idea to ban that for a variety of reasons that they brought up um i'm gonna guess you have a different opinion then yeah so s18 is that that bill that you're talking about i don't love the word ban because it isn't really a ban right so it only eliminates the sale of flavored tobacco and menthol tobacco so if the legislature actually passed this bill 
e-cigarettes would still be available and cigarettes would still be available. They wouldn't, they just won't come in flavors anymore. So anybody who smokes or vapes who wanted to continue, which we hope that they wouldn't, but they would still have a product available to do it. We think it's a good idea because really flavors are what has enticed many youth to start um, vaping the vape products because they come in flavors like bubble gum and sour patch and even fluffernutter, right? Is that really designed for adults? Um, and the last flavored cigarette that's left available is menthol. And menthol is also really attractive to kids, unfortunately, because I just had um, a menthol cough drop on my way in. What it's designed to do is soothe your, your throat. And so menthol cigarettes eliminate that harsh cough when you start smoking. And so for kids, it's appealing because they don't have that, you know, that terrible cough that deters people maybe from smoking. And so if we eliminate the, the menthol and the flavors that draw people to these devices, we will have less addicted customers for a long time. And it's really at crisis levels now. Um, kids as young as middle school in Vermont are now vaping. And we have heard from teachers and principals who testified at the state house that, you know, it's really gotten out of hand. And the students even, you know, people like to think of the kids as naughty because they're vaping and they're sneaking in and all that. There is nicotine in these products that is making them addicted, and they are at a point where they can't stop, and they need help. And we've heard from physicians who say, we don't really know how to help kids now because all of our cessation training has been adults, and the cessation products like nicotine replacement therapy is made for over 20, 18 and over, 21 and over. It wasn't meant for kids, but we have all these kids that are now addicted to these products. So this is really a preventative measure because it will eliminate what draws kids to these products. And, you know, your viewers or viewers, listeners um, might be interested in the fact that, you know, why should we do it? We should do it for kids. We should also do it for the BIPOC population who've been aggressively marketed to the menthol products. But the price tag that Vermont is paying for treating these products should be of interest, I think, to your listeners, because it's $404 million every single year in Vermont. That's treating tobacco-caused diseases. And $93 million of that is is Medicaid cost to the state of Vermont to treat tobacco-caused diseases like strokes, heart attacks, and cancer. Now, how do you respond to, again, we've had a couple of guests who, who opposed this bill, and they said that when it's been passed in other states like Massachusetts, they it didn't work out the way proponents hoped it would. It didn't have the achieved, this is what these people have said, and that they then lost uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in, in revenue in Massachusetts, for example. Yeah. What Have you looked into that, and what do you see there? We have, yeah. Certainly, Massachusetts lost revenue. Vermont will lose revenue. It won't lose and didn't lose in Massachusetts what they predicted that it would. Massachusetts made a decision, and they said, we're going to put kids first, and they did it. So they did lose some revenue. However, it did accomplish what they wanted to. It reduced adult smoking it reduced youth vaping, and no stores went out of business. And in fact, in Massachusetts, convenience stores and tobacco licenses all increased following the sale. And opponents like to say, oh, well, they all went to New Hampshire, right? And they bought their flavored vapes there. And they didn't. So there was a bump where it did go up a little bit in New Hampshire, and it is now leveled out. And that happens, too. Whenever there's a tobacco tax increase, everyone says, well, they're just going to go across the border. They will for a little bit, and then it always levels off because it's a convenience thing. Who is going to keep traveling to, to get those products? So a lot of that is scare tactics. There's, a, there's ads on, the, on social media right now saying this is a tax. It's not in any way, shape, or form a tax. And, in fact, 
like I said, the $404 million that we're paying out of our pockets to treat these diseases is more of a tax. And the, the math to that shows that it's over $1,000 out of every Vermont household that has to pay to treat those diseases. So that's the real tax. And, and that's another reason we can't, these vaping costs haven't even been factored into that $400 million figure yet. And that's just going to balloon. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Thanks. Uh, thanks for taking my call guys. I got a question for your guests. Um, uh, referring to the COVID shot, I've heard uh, that taking the shot, they had issues with uh, blood clots, uh, AFib and etc. Um, have you heard anything about that? I'll take your answer off the phone. Tina? Yeah, so I would defer to one of our expert volunteers, not myself. I'm not a physician, and I hate to speak to that. There were, um, you know, there were health effects caused by COVID, but I, you know, I don't want to speak to that because my background isn't um, isn't in, you know, in, in medical, in the medical arena at all. What I will say, and we're going to talk about the sugary beverage tax later, that with COVID, the biggest underlying condition of youth who had COVID was obesity. So there is a relation to kind of what we're talking about in terms of being healthy and eating right and, you know, making sure that you don't have heart disease and how it relates to other things like like COVID. But um, I can look up that. But I don't know how to get that to your listener. No worries. Well, let's talk about the sugary beverage tax proposal yeah. now. You brought in some uh, some little uh, uh backdrop items here for us so so talk to us about that and talk to us about what you brought in here yeah so i know that morning show hosts especially and all djs love um goodies yeah so it's a food drought when you drive in (laughs) so i did i did bring some drinks but they're kind of dry drinks because what i bought i brought in i wanted to show the kinds that the amounts of sugar that are in various drinks so there's a frappuccino in a cup right there, but it's only the sugar that would be in a frappuccino that you would get at Starbucks, and it has 11 teaspoons of sugar. So there's a cup with 11 Holy teaspoons of cow. sugar right there if you want to have a go at that. And Mountain Dew has um, nine teaspoons of sugar, and so that was one of the ones I brought. And what I wanted to kind of forewarn people about is sometimes what you think are healthier drinks are not because um, they might be juice, but juice has added sugars as well. So. I can never get this word out right, but Nantucket nectars. Yeah. Orange mango has 15 teaspoons of sugar. Wow. So I would not have guessed. uh, And when you had the the visual is very powerful because you assume we all just think Mountain Dew, lots of caffeine, lots of sugar. Of the three drinks you brought in, Mountain Dew has the least amount of sugar. Yeah. And the the frappuccino, the coffee drinks have gotten hugely popular. And you Mm -hmm. see people coming out of Starbucks with them and they're just like this mound of, I don't know whipped cream and all the stuff in it and stuff. So you have to, you have to think about that. And, you know, we're not telling people not to have sugary drinks, but have them in moderation. They were meant to be a treat. And now they're like, I live not far from the Starbucks on Susie Wilson road. And that line wraps around and, you know, some people are probably just getting coffee, but you know, especially the younger crowd get all of the gooey gooey stuff that has all those calories and all those teaspoons of sugar. Now I also brought, I did actually bring a drink drink, and it's a polar, and I'm not endorsing any particular brand, but it's a polar seltzer, seltzer, seltzer pomegranate yeah. champagne. Yeah. And I, I want to be a water drinker, and I just, it's hard for me to do that. You for, like just for a whatever. little flavor. I like something. I like water out of a bottle, but this stuff, I love it. And guess what? I didn't have to put any teaspoons of sugar in that cup because there's no calories and no sugar, and it tastes really good. And healthier drinks are now starting to be a bigger, a much bigger part of the market than, um, I don't know if they're bigger than sugary drinks, but 
Whereas you didn't see them 10 years ago, now you see them. No, they're a huge component of it And so when you buy a, a lot of people, I would include myself in this, when you buy a juice drink, you think that you're doing, okay, I'm buying something that's better than just buying a soda here. And but you're you're saying it's got more sugar in it sometimes at least some of them the Nantuckets have fifteen some, some kind so with hundred percent fruit juice there is some nutritional value right you're actually getting fruit there you know Sunny D that's not really a juice maybe it's got ten percent juice maybe with an orange yeah, crayon maybe. or something it's just not so you have to you know it's hard sometimes to know and so look at the grams of sugar and you know one thing that's great is we have siri and alexa now so you can say how many grams of sugar equals how many teaspoons are of sugar and so you can figure out just how much you're ingesting but a sugary beverage tax helps to kind of steer you towards the ones that don't have sugar so you obviously the american heart association as your uh, director of government affairs support the sugary sugary beverage tax in the yes we do yes and where and does that look like that bill is moving? Well, I don't know. I guess it's the short answer. Years ago, we had a huge sugary beverage tax campaign. I want to say it was like eight years ago now. Mm. And um, it was a great campaign, and we wanted to raise the money for health care costs and to lower the um, price of fruits and vegetables at farmers markets for low-income Vermonters. This year, it's a great year to think about it again because we have a 20% increase in the property taxes that it, that is expected. And I'm sure you all have been talking about it and I've heard callers call in to talk about it. And that feels like a big ouch to me, right? And to anybody who owns property in Vermont. So I know the legislature is looking at ways to kind of buffer that and take the bite out of that. A sugary beverage tax would be a great thing to consider because it's $30 million that's raised from a two cent per ounce sugary beverage excise tax. And when I say excise tax, that may get into the weeds, but not a sales tax. So a sales tax, you don't even see. It doesn't discourage your your behavior at all. So if you went to buy a product of, you know, Coke, Mountain Dew, whatever it is, and you go to the cash register, you don't really see the tax because it's factored in after the fact. When you have a tax that's an excise tax, it's on the wholesaler and the distributor. So it's already on the product when it's on the shelf. So you see... You know, the unhealthy drink is a higher price compared to the healthier drink that's on the shelf. And you can compare that way. And that's why it's important. Can I ask a question? Maybe you don't know the answer to this. People ask me this all the time. Why is that not double taxation? Why is it not double taxation? I don't know. I suppose it is because the, the sales yeah. tax is afterwards. And then excise tax and double taxation yeah. is not legal. But so it must be, there's a reason, there's a way around it because obviously it's legal. Yeah, that's not my belly. No, I, I was just kind of curious. <laughs> yeah, they can do it, trust me. <laughs> yeah, they figured it out. It's legal. Don't get me wrong. I just, because people ask me that all the time. I'm like, I think one's a fee. Yeah, I don't know how the, how you split the. But I think but the yeah, thing but, that's good about this mm-hmm. tax, right? With a property tax, you don't really have a choice. It's there, you have to pay it. With a sugary beverage tax, you don't have to pay it if you don't want to pay it. You buy a healthy drink, you avoid the tax, right? But it provides revenue for the state of Vermont that we can use to use it for the property tax, to lower the property tax, use it for schools, use it for public health. But it has a public health benefit no matter what. Um, Tina, any other message you want to get out there on the 100th anniversary of the American Heart Association Talked about the sugary beverage tax and uh, obviously flavored tobacco and that thing uh, and that issue. Um, any any other message you want to get out there? Well, I would just say don't give up. You and I were talking this morning about your New Year's resolution and you're <laughs> right. still going strong and good for you. And Mostly. A lot of people, you know, if they slip up once, they go, well, shoot, there I go. Right. And guess what? You have 11 more months to, to work on it. And, and it's, you know, baby steps sometimes, you know, make the healthy choice, the easy choice. I think if you think about that, 
you'll have some success. Keep the fruits and vegetables in your fridge. Keep the candy bars away. Have sugary beverages once in a while, not every day. Get some exercise. And you're you're saying it's it's okay. To, you, you don't have to ban sugar from your life completely. Correct. But, but, but you don't need to chug teaspoon and teaspoon and teaspoon in these drinks every single day. You know, there are healthier options out there. Big time. Big time. All right. Well, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Again, a hundred a hundred years for the American Heart Association. Here's to a hundred more. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, Tina. Thank All you. right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to check in with Fox News. Amanda's got the headlines. We got the max advantage forecast for you.